comes not except to steal, kill, and destroy. I have come that you might have and enjoy life, life in abundance until it overflows. Discover how to live the abundant life in Christ through the ministry of Pastor Oseyao Afuakwa. Pastor Afuakwa is the general overseer of Faith House Charismatic Chapel International, a thriving ministry in Kumasi, Ghana. God has commissioned him to preach and teach the word of faith for people to know God better, live life better, and impact their world better. Get set for an empowerment that will enable you to live a life of all-round victory, success, and limitless prosperity. God bless you as you listen. We are focusing on understanding the power of offerings. Somebody say, understanding the power of offerings. Malachi chapter 3 and verse number 8. He talks about tithes and offerings. And most of the time when we are teaching, the teaching is usually focused on tithes. But actually the tithe is supposed to give way for offerings. The tithe is an introduction into offerings. Somebody say tithes. It's an introduction into offerings. When you have learned to tithe consistently, it becomes easier to give offerings. Offerings are higher than tithes. While the tithe is an act of obedience, the offering is a proof of your love for God. Both require love. But while some tithe legalistically, others also do so out of love. But you can't give to God without Love motivating you to give. And I want to walk you through scripture from Genesis all the way to the New Testament and show you how powerful offerings are. Somebody say offerings. Yeah, because you see, we live in a dispensation where we know the power of prayer. And we pray every time when we have a challenge, we pray. We also understand what it means to worship God. And so we can throw ourselves in worship. We know what it means to fast. And we fast when we must fast. But I realize that one of the things that is most powerful in scripture, which not many people have learned to exercise, particularly in times of challenges and in times of need, is a mystery of offerings. I realized that in the Bible, the first thing to be mentioned was offering. Somebody say offering. Prayer came later. Worship came later. The first thing to be mentioned that a man was doing unto God was offering. But unfortunately, Satan has succeeded in making us consider it as the last on the agenda. The last on the agenda. If there is anything a number of Christians, minus you, find it difficult to do, is to give. But when you learn the mystery and the power behind offerings, it will be your first point of call. Genesis chapter 4, verse 3 to 5. Genesis chapter 4, verse 3 to 5. The message version, please. Time passed. Somebody say time passed. Cain brought an offering to God from the produce of his farm. Abel also brought an offering. Somebody say an offering. But from the firstborn animals of his head, choice cuts of meat, God liked Abel and his offering. Somebody say, God liked Abel. <laughs> say, God liked Abel. And God liked his offering. 
from this day forward, may God like your offerings. Amen. I said, may God like your offerings. Amen. May God like your offerings. Amen. God likes offerings, but he doesn't like every offering. This was the first positive. Let's see where prayer first began in scripture. Genesis 4, verse 25 to 26. Same place. Adam slept with his wife again. She had a son whom she named Seth. She said, God has given me another child in place of Abel, whom Cain killed. Okay, verse 26. Okay, give me the New Living Translation, please. When Seth grew up, he had a son and named him Enosh. At that time, people first. Somebody say people first. People say people first. people first. Began to worship the Lord. That's where prayer began. That's where worship began. 26. So the foremost thing men began to do towards God was not to pray. Prayer came later. Somebody say prayer came later. Uh -huh. Prayer came later. Fasting came later. Singing came later. I'm in love later. <laughs> I go, 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 go. He go, he go, he go, he go. Later. Turn to your name and say later. later. The thing that men introduced to God first was offering. Unfortunately, we have not learned to deploy the full powers of offering. The Bible says they brought an offering to the Lord. The word offering has a Hebrew meaning. English usually gives one word broadly for words. But in the Hebrew, they can have multiple meanings for words. Now, when we go back to Genesis 3, the word offering there comes from a Hebrew word called miha. Somebody say miha. Uh -huh. It's like a Chinese word. But it's not actually a Chinese word. Now, it means, it means three things. One, number one, offering means a gift. Somebody say a gift. a gift. Say a gift. a gift. When we say we are giving an offering to God, it means we are giving a gift. When you give a gift, naturally there is no expectation of dividends. You give a gift solely for the benefit of the one whom you are giving the gift to. A gift is a present that is willingly given. It's not given by compulsion. It's willingly given. That's a gift. But offering is not only a gift. Offering is also a tribute. Somebody say a tribute. A tribute. Now when we talk about a tribute, a tribute is like a debt you owe to a higher authority. In the, in the early days, during the Old Testament times, when they went to war and they won over the nations, the nations were made to pay tribute to the nations. The concrete nation. So, a tribute is a payment we owe to a higher authority. This is usually demanded. This is not free will. You don't pay tribute because you want to pay it. You pay tribute because it is demanded. And I need you to take note of these meanings because sometimes when we talk about offerings, people just have the understanding that it's just the free will. And even the free will, we just do it because it's free will. We just do anything. But I pray that in this season, your understanding about offerings will change. Give me a believing amen. amen. Give me a believing amen. amen. Of course. And then, number three, the third word that describes or defines offerings is sacrifice. Somebody say sacrifice. sacrifice. Say it aloud. Sacrifice. sacrifice. The release of something valuable or precious or costly. 
David said, I won't give anything to God that costs me nothing. So, when we give that which is costly, when we give that which is substantial, when we give that which is valuable unto us to God, we say we are giving an offering. I want you to ask yourself for a moment. Just ask yourself, what you give to God, is it a gift? What you give to God, is it a worthy tribute? What you give to God as an offering, would they qualify as a sacrifice? Praise God. Now, these are three scriptural meanings of offerings. In the book of Malachi chapter 3 and verse number 8, he said, will a man rob God? Malachi, will a man rob God? Will a man cheat God? Will a man cheat God? Rob sometimes people don't understand. Will a man cheat God? Yet, you have cheated me. But you ask, what do you mean? When did we ever cheat you? You cheated me of the tithes and the offerings due to me. Somebody say the offerings. Do you know we can cheat God in offerings? Some of us have cheated God uh, from January 1 till June. But in this July, you won't cheat him again. I said, may he not cheat God again. When God changes your level, your offering must change. Are you hearing what I'm saying? Yeah. When God changes your level from unemployed to employed, your level, your finances must change. Your offering must change. Yeah. When they move you from 1,005, has government increased your pay this year? Yeah. It depends on your appointment letter. It depends on your appointment letter. <laughs> <laughs> I think he's working for a different government. <laughs> Praise God. Praise God. You go and review it. You will see that government has increased it. Praise God. But every year. We enter every year expecting increment and growth. But do you see that most times people can experience growth in all areas except growth in their offerings? Growth in their offerings. I see you increasing. They say, I receive it. And when all the increase comes, we forget to increase our offerings. <laughs> Praise God. But may your offering change. Amen. Is because, you see, the reason why it's so for most people is that because we simply do not understand offerings and know the value God places on our offerings. Amen? There are people who even think that, ah, when we come to church, we should just worship God and go. Why do we worry people about money? God is very much interested about money. If Jesus were your pastor, you won't like him. I'm telling you. The way, today I will show you. I'll show the first, first service people how Jesus used to collect offering. The way you are giving offering and I don't see anything and anybody can smuggle just any amount and put it in. Jesus said they didn't do it like that. Whatever you remove, he will inspect it before you put it inside. I'm telling you. You will see it all. <laughs> hey. The way you people talk, sometimes people talk about and the pastors and the, listen. Jesus was collecting money from widows. Their last money, you collect it. <laughs> Their last money, you collect it. May the Lord give you understanding today. Should I teach or I should stop? Offerings are powerful. And as we go through this series, you will see what offerings did for people in scripture. Offering. Offering. Not prayer. Offering. 
There are some issues you have prayed. Ah, oh God, find some seed and so. I'm just telling you, just simple. Find some crazy seed that will enter you. Yeah, because offering must cost you something. The offering that will cause something to happen in your life is an offering that will cost you something. Are you hearing what I'm saying? Yeah. The offering that will provoke some strange order of favor for you. It must cost you something. It must. It must. Now, in this service, I just want to walk you through fundamental truths, scripture, fundamental truths about offerings. What does the Bible say about offerings? By and large, these are not uh, general by and large, what does the Bible say about the offering? One of the things we see from scripture is the fact that God delights in our offerings. Somebody say, God delights in our offerings. Say it aloud, God delights in our offerings. Yeah, you need to understand that God is interested in your offering. When you come to church and you are giving an offering, he's interested in it. When you are giving an offering to a man of God, God is interested in it. God is interested in your offering. In the book of First Samuel 15, 22, the prophet Samuel says something, and this scripture has actually been construed by a lot of people because they don't understand it well. He said, so Samuel said, has the Lord as great delight in burnt offerings and sacrifices as in obeying the voice of the Lord? Behold, to obey is better than sacrifice and to heed than the fat of rams. Praise God. Many people have read this scripture and they have concluded that God is not interested in offering. But read it again and you see that it was not offerings he was talking about. He was talking about a very important trait God does not joke with at all. And that was obedience. And he just likened it to offering. And if you read it again, it is actually in a comparative sense. He said, has the Lord as great delight in offerings and sacrifice, as in obeying the voice of the Lord. Did you see the difference? So, he's comparing obeying God's voice to offerings. If God tells you, don't go here, and you go, and when you go, you finish, you bring him $100,000. He said he's not interested. You have disrespected him. But when he tells you, don't go, and you don't go, and you bring him $100,000, he will dance all over the place for it. That's what the scripture says. He has not got as great delight in our offerings and sacrifices as it is he's involved in our obedience. This means that God is interested in our offerings. Can you see that? He has interest in our offerings. He's delighted in it. Now, let's see biblical examples how God showed interest in people's offering. The first one, Genesis chapter 4 verse 3 to 5. We have read that already, but it's worth reading again. Good news version. After some time, Cain brought some of his harvest and gave it as an offering to the Lord. Now, you see here that God didn't ask him to bring offering. But he just brought an offering to the Lord. Verse 4. And when he brought it, what happened? Then Abel brought the first lamb born to one of his sheep and killed it. And gave the best parts of it as an offering. The Lord was pleased with Abel and his offering. The word pleased means he took delight. He was excited about it. He didn't ask for it. But when he came, if he was not interested in offerings, he said, Abel, don't waste my time. What is this thing that you are disturbing me with? Throw it away. But he was excited about it. Now, we see another one in Genesis chapter 8, verse 21 and 22. Genesis 8, 21 and 22. 
He said, the order of the sacrifice, start from verse 20. The order, the order, the order. Noah built an altar to the Lord, and he took one of each kind of ritually clean animal, bed, and burned them whole as a sacrifice on the altar. Look at verse 21. Get the order of the sacrifice, please the Lord. And he said to himself, Never again will I put the earth under a curse because of what people have done. Did you see the power of offering? One offering entered his nose. In fact, some of them says, And the smell of the fragrance entered. Give me a message. Message of the same place. Message verse 21, please. God smelled the sweet fragrance and thought to himself, I will not again. May your offering provoke a speaking on your behalf. In the mighty name of Jesus. Offerings provoke. Offerings have voice. Now I'll be showing you as we go along. Look at Jesus. Jesus. What I was telling you and some of you thought I was lying. Mark chapter 12 verse 41 and 44. And see how Jesus was interested in offering. The New Living Translation, please. Jesus sat down near the collection table. Bring me my chair. <laughs> he sat down where? Near the collection table. Bring it. Bring the offering back. Uh, this in here. Yeah. You won't go to Jesus' church and you, they will pass both for you to drop offering. No. It's very, very important. Why? He said that where your treasure is, that's where your heart will be also. So when he said, uh, Time for offering. Then you are dancing across, you are dropping it. One after the other. That's why he sat down near the collection box in the temple and watched. Did you see? So he was watching. Come and drop. <laughs> he was watching. That's how Jesus watched as they drop. Yeah, no, not this emblem. Jesus, you won't bring, uh, uh, what do you call it? Praise God. You won't put it in an envelope. That's what, you, you have a lot of liberty. You come here, we give you envelope, and some of you, even the envelope, you respect the envelope and increase the thing. Then you drop Shemisem Moja inside. <laughs> Praise God. Jesus knows that if you give people envelope, they will put some things inside. So he said, raw as it is, bring it. And he's watching one after the other. Somebody dropped $500. Another 1000 Another person. Then one woman came. And all she had was $1. Then the poor widow came and dropped in two small coins. Not just coins, but small coins. Look at verse 43. Those of you are thinking that God accepts small offerings. That is not the context of the scripture. <laughs> <laughs> because, because, because there are some people, eh, when the scriptures are being read, they only see the negative side. <laughs> Praise God. Jesus called his disciples to him and said, I tell you the truth. This poor widow has given more than all the others who are making contribution. Now listen, before you think that her money was the greatest, see the context. What is the context? For they gave a tiny part of their surplus. This morning, we have given offering. And wonderfully and thankfully, you have an opportunity to give project offering. So if you did the wrong thing, you can do the right thing now. 
Praise God. <laughs> but we've given offering. And somebody gave 50 Ghana, another 10 Ghana, another 20 Ghana, another uh, 100 Ghana. And God says, somebody also dropped 5 Ghana. And God says, of all the offerings today, the 5 Ghana one is the most valuable. Why? Because the 5 Ghana one, when we close service, whoever dropped that money is actually believing God for the next meal. Praise God. But some of you, you drop 500 Ghana. You, have, you drop, uh, drop uh, uh, 100 Ghana, 50 Ghana. And if I pull your wallet now, what I will see is I. <laughs> so you see, every time we give offerings to God, what God used to rate our offering is not what we put in, it's what we keep. What you keep is always what God uses to look at. On the fourth, we'll be receiving a sacrificial offering for musical equipment. I know God is speaking to some people already. And some people are debating him. <laughs> Praise God. But you know that God knows all your balances. He knows it. Some of you is telling you close an investment and bring it here. Because he wants to shift you to a level. Yeah. But you can't, you can't simply fathom it. He knows he knows everybody's balance. But she, as poor as she is giving everything she had to live on. That's offering. Somebody say, that's offering. This is Jesus. Who, this is Jesus. I don't think the pastors whom you have described as loving money, any of them stands by the offering. I know some of them sell oil, they sell all kinds of things. Uh, they've turned the house of God into a merchandise of thieves. Praise God. But I don't think you go to any church where the pastor will be and he say, no, she offering me. Say, ah, no. But that's what Jesus did. A lot of us sometimes, we are not happy with our pastors. But let me tell you, if Jesus were your pastor, it would not be easy for you at all. <laughs> it would not be easy for you at all. So thank God for me. <laughs> thank God for me. Praise God. What I want to say is that God delights in our offerings. He takes delight in it. He takes delight in it. Let's see another time. Somebody came to do something very valuable for Jesus. Mark chapter 14, verse 3 to 9. Meanwhile, Jesus was in Bethany at the home of Simon, a man who had previously had leprosy. When, while he was eating, a woman came with a beautiful alabaster jar of expensive perfume made from essence of nard. She broke open the jar and poured the perfume over his head. Look at verse 4. Some of those at the table were indignant. Why waste such expensive perfume, they ask. This is one very language that is very common among unbelievers. You can use your money to do anything Unbelievers will not see any problem with it. But when you begin to give significant amount of money to church, that's when people are, now the way to me and I, and I want to, to seek a gusa. Praise God. That's the only place people have issues. And I want you to know that it's not today, it's always been like that. Praise God. But let's listen to what Jesus had to say. Some of those, it, it could have been sold for a year's wages. Go back. It could have been sold for a year's wages. And the money, Giving to the poor. Amen? Amen? That is like a legitimate excuse. 
Let's give to the poor. Let's give to the poor. Let's give to the poor. But listen, if we give to the poor and we don't give to church, the gospel will not advance. Am I communicating here? That's it. The, the gospel cannot reach nations. There are a lot of charities who will never give one dime for the preaching of the gospel. MTN will not give for the preaching of the gospel. And they receive millions from us daily. Praise God. They will sponsor street jams, won't they? Bantama High Street, they will be there. High school, students have finished school fresh. They won't sponsor a, a seminar by some men of God to come and teach the children how to manage their lives. They would rather do a pool party for them. And that's where money goes. The only place where money is used for the advancement of the kingdom of God is church. That's why we don't have to allow Satan to deceive us and to force us to go the way of the world. You see, sometimes there are many causes you think we can support. There may be good causes, but there's no better cause than the cause of the church. Can somebody give me an amen? There's no better cause than the cause of the church. There's no better cause than the cause of the church. No better cause. Because whatever, why will you give a poor man, give him food? What shall a profit a man if he, you, he give him the whole food that they need and they go to hell? What's the profit? What's the profit? Give them clothes after they have worn it. When they get to hell, they won't need anything to wear. They'll be burning for life. What profit have you really given them? Anything that imparts people for eternity is the best decision you can ever invest in. Am I communicating here? And whatever we give to God does not just end here. That's what the Bible says in the book of uh, Matthew. It says, lay up no treasure for yourselves on earth only, but lay up treasure up. How do you lay treasure up? Through your giving. Somebody say, through your giving. Through your giving, you lay up. And I see grace coming upon you to give. I said, I see great grace coming upon you to give. They scolded her harshly. And you would have thought that Jesus, because Jesus is considerate, because a lot of people actually speak a lot on behalf of Jesus. They say, if Jesus were around, things would not be happening in the church like the way they are happening. If Jesus were around, he would care for the poor. If Jesus, and Jesus did care for the poor. But he always drew the line between the two. Verse 6. Look at what he says. Jesus replied, leave her alone. Somebody say, leave her alone. Leave her alone. Why? Why criticize her for doing such a good thing to me? Verse 7. He says, you will always have the poor among you. Let me tell you. There's a certain mentality eh, that people have that sometimes they extend, they usually extend it to uh, senior and mega pastors. They really talk about them a lot. But the truth of the matter is that usually when people are talking, they're actually not aware of what some of these men of God are actually doing for people who are in need. But the truth of the matter is that even in your own life, that is not how you live your life. I don't know why sometimes when somebody becomes a pastor, everybody some way, somehow thinks that they must live a certain way. If you become a pastor, then you must be poor. If you are married to a pastor, will you pray that he be poor? If your child was a pastor, will you desire him to be poor? It's, it's, it's amazing. I don't seem to understand it. When the pastor is working, they don't see it. But when he begins to drive a car, then they begin to see that there are poor people in the church. But who said the time the pastor was working, there were no poor people in the church? In your own family, no matter where you reach, there will always be somebody. Because poverty is not an anointing. 
Poverty has a cause and effect. There are decisions and choices people make that makes them poor. And so, if we don't address those things, and we always want to go after people who have substance because of the poor, life will never work that way. Am I communicating here? If you decide that you want to meet the needs of all poor people around you, I'm telling you, you will give your whole life away, die, and there will still be poor people. There will still be poor people. What am I saying? Help the poor, but don't stop what you ought to do for God in the name of helping the poor. Am I communicating somebody? Don't stop what you need to enjoy for your life in the name of helping the poor. Praise God. It's so important that we always draw the balance between the two. Jesus said, it's okay. You always have the poor and you can help them whenever you want, but you will not always have me. The truth of the matter is that some of the things that we have opportunity to invest in, you will not always have the opportunity to invest in. There are some of us that maybe God has graced you, he has blessed you. If you don't do your will well, when you die, you may not like where your property will go to. You may not like some of the things that the money you will leave behind will be invested in. And while you are alive, it is wisdom to see that your money is going into the right sources. In fact, that is the story of John D. Rockefeller. When he was told he had a, a certain disease and he was dying, I think around 40, 55 or so. He said, if I would die at that prime of life, I want to see exactly what my money is going into. He formed a foundation and began to impact people. Gave severally to uh, uh, missionary causes. And then the more he gave, the more he lived. Somebody who was given about six months to live. He lived on until he was about 90 something years. Praise God. Listen. When last in the morning when we were reading, we saw how the widow Azarifat, he said, is left for me this. I'm going to eat it and die. And I said that when you are left with the last to eat, don't eat it. Praise God. Seed it because when you eat it, you will die. When you seed it, you can have the future of a harvest. But when you eat it, that is the end of you. God takes great delight in my offering. Somebody say, God takes great delight. Say it with joy. God takes great delight in my offering. Number two, God demands my offerings. God demands it. He is not just delighted when you give it to him. He also demands it. If you are not giving it to him so that he will be delighted at it, he will also demand it. He takes delight when you give it freely unto him. God takes delight when you give it freely unto him. But he will also demand an offering from you. Look at Psalm 90. You remember when we were talking about the definition of offerings. We said that an offering is a gift that is freely what? Given. Miha. An offering is a gift freely given. An offering is a tribute that we give. Whether we like to pay it or not. We pay taxes whether we like it or not. No be so. And the same way God expects us to bring him an offering. Psalm 96 verse 7 to 9. He says, give unto the Lord all ye kindreds of a people. Give unto the Lord glory and strength. Give unto the Lord the glory due unto his name. Bring an, oh say it, bring an, bring an, bring an, and come into his courts. Bring an offering. 
and come into his courts. Bring an offering and come into his courts. Exodus 23 verse 15. He said three times in the year. Exodus 23 15. Thou shalt keep the feast of unleavened bread, and thou shalt eat unleavened bread seven days, as I command thee, in the time appointed of the month of Aviv. For in it thou camest out of Egypt, and none shall appear before me empty. Somebody say, none shall appear before me. Empty. God delights in our offerings, and God demands our offerings. He walked to one of his friends by the name of Abraham in Genesis 22, verse 1, New King James Version. Genesis 22, verse 1 to 3. The Bible said, and after this, Genesis 22, he says, now it came to pass after these things, God tested Abraham and said to him, Abraham, and he said, here I am. Verse 2, take now. Somebody say, take now. Take this now. does not look like a free will offering. There's no way Abraham would have given this as a free will offering. The description God gave are too vivid and dangerous for him to consider it. Praise God. Say, take it. I know you don't want to take it. May you hear God when he speaks. Amen. I said, may you hear God when he speaks. Amen. Take it. Take now. This morning. Take now thy son, thy holy son, whom thou lovest, and go to the land of Moriah and offer him there as a burnt offering on one of the mountains which I will show you of. Then the Bible said, Abraham left. May you receive grace to take quick steps when God speaks. In the mighty name of Jesus. In the mighty name of Jesus. Now look again to Exodus 25. Verse 1 to 3. Exodus 25. New King James. Exodus 25. This is what the Bible is saying. Exodus 25. He says, That said the Lord. Then the Lord spoke to Moses saying, Verse 2. Speak to the children of Israel that they bring me what? That they bring me what? That they bring me what? An offering. And from everyone who gives willingly. With his heart, you shall take my offering. And God was demanding specific offerings. Go to verse number three. He says, and this is the offering you shall take. From those who can give gold, take gold. From those who can give silver, take silver. From those who can give bronze, take bronze. So God gave offerings in categories. Praise God. Praise God. You go to some churches and sometimes they are receiving an offering and they say, how many of you can give us 1,000? It's not necessarily bad though. I said it's not necessarily bad. We don't do that here, but it's not necessarily bad. It's not. But you see, when the pastor has not said bring 1,000 and God tells you bring 2,000 and you bring it, that is a higher level of spirituality. That's why we do what we do here. And we allow you to commune with the Holy Spirit and let him speak to you. Because you see, by learning to hear the Holy Spirit on financial matters, you are training yourself to hear him on other many matters. So it's not bad as it were. He says some, take gold, take silver. And let, he goes on, he gives various grades of things people should take. Now go to 1 Kings chapter 17 verse 8 to 13. First Kings, you can do the New Living Translation. Then the word of the Lord came unto Elijah, verse 9. Go and live in the village of Zarephath, near the city of Sidon. I've instructed a widow there to feed you. Now look at this. This scripture is a very powerful scripture because, you see, God is saying, 
Go to the widow and the widow will feed you. He comes to the widow and the widow has nothing. Most of the time when offerings are being received, people are tempted to think that it's for the benefit of the person receiving the offering. But most of the time, particularly when you see the scripture, you see that the one who was supposed to benefit was not Elijah, but for the woman. When Elijah met the woman, she was at the point of death. But after giving and honoring the word of Elijah, she lived many days afterwards. As for God, now, let's just look at Elijah. Before the woman, before this time, God had used a raven to feed Elijah. Do you remember? So if it was just about Elijah, he could just tell a goat this time, not a bed, a goat, vomit. And by the time he realizes, a goat vomits uh, some freshly theosophy with things on it. And it would be very nice for him to eat. Praise God. But he knew there was a widow somewhere who needed to shift a level. So he said, go to the widow. I'm not communicating here. Look, go to verse number 10. He said, so he went to Zarephath and as he arrived at the gate, he saw a widow gathering sticks and asked, would you please bring me a little water? Verse 11. As he was going to get it, he said, bring me a bite of bread too. Verse 12. And she said, I swear. Look at the widow. Her case was so bad. I swear by the Lord your God, not my God, your God. That I don't have a single piece of bread in the house. Really? I thought that was all you had. What you are asking there, you won't get it because I don't have it to give. I have only a handful of flour left in the jar and a little cooking oil in the bottom of the jar. I was just gathering a few sticks to cook this last meal and then my son, I like it. And then my son and I will die. When you eat the last seed in your hand, you always die. You will always die. Finances die. When the seed God expects you to sow, you decide to eat. <laughs> May your money not die. <laughs> Can somebody give me a believing amen? Yeah. Number three, God responds to our offerings. Somebody say God responds. Say God responds to our offerings. So number one, we say God demands our offerings. God delights in our offerings. God responds to our offerings, good or bad. Every time we give an offering, God responds. In the book of Genesis 8, verse 20 to 22, let's look at an offering going forth. Yes. Then Noah built an altar there to the Lord, and there he sacrificed burnt offerings and animals, and the bears that had been approved for that purpose. Verse 21. And the Bible says, And the Lord was pleased with the aroma of the sacrifice, and said to himself, I will not again cast. The sacrifice went... God responded. I see God responding to you. I see God responding to your offerings. First Kings chapter 3 and verse number 3 to 5. First Kings 3, 3 to 5. When the offering is good, God responds. When the offering is bad, God responds. Solomon loved the Lord and followed all the decrees of the father, David. Except that Solomon too offered sacrifice and benefits at the local places of worship. Verse 4, the Bible says, The most important of these places of worship was at Gibeon. So Solomon went there and sacrificed 1,000 burnt offerings. Now look at verse 5. That night, that night, this is God responding. God will respond to your offerings. Amen. Listen, there are offerings you drop. And immediately God begins to respond with wild ideas. Wild ideas. Dr. Copeland said many years ago, he planted an offering. And then God instructed him to buy a land. Gave him the opportunity to buy a land. When they bought the land, 
they discovered that the minerals were under the land. Until tomorrow, he still eats royalties from that mineral. God always responds to those who step out in faith. So, that man is so blessed of God. He's giving several planes out as gifts. Not car, plane. Plane that presidents of some nations don't have their own. An individual gives them away. I pray that whatever it is you desire in your heart, may God empower you to do it so. In the mighty name of Jesus. That night, God responded. One day, somebody also brought some a warm offering to God. God responded. God responded. Acts chapter 5. Acts chapter 5, verse 1. Acts chapter 5. There was a certain man named Ananias who with his wife, Sapphira, sold some property. Listen, if you are going to lie and you are a couple, don't lie together. <laughs> or you make your children become orphans. Particularly if you decide that you lie to the Holy Spirit. Don't do it together. There was a certain man. They sold the property. <laughs> he brought part of the money to the apostles. Claiming it was a full amount. Praise God. It was a full amount. With his wife's consent, he kept the rest. I need it for Brazilian hair. Let's keep it. <laughs> we'll use it for our next trip uh, abroad. Let's keep it. Now look at verse 3. Then Peter said, Ananias, why have you let Satan fill your heart? <laughs> you lie to the Holy Spirit and you take some of the money for yourself. Never take God's money for yourself. <laughs> look at verse 4. He says, the property was yours to sell or not to sell. Now this is, this is where it is. You see, they have decided they are selling the thing and they are bringing it to God. It's not like, this was not a demanded offering. Others were doing it and they were encouraged to do so because when you read from chapter 4, verse 35 downwards, the Bible said in those times, people were selling their lands and they were bringing in the proceeds. So in the spirit of giving, they decided to do the same. And when they sold it, the thing was yes. But people sold their land like uh, uh, Barnabas or so, sold the land and brought the full amount. He also sold it. If you can give, nobody is forcing you. Don't force yourself. He sold it and brought it. They asked him, Oga, how much did he say the land? $100,000. Is that all? He said, Then uh, they said, collect it. <laughs> then the Holy Spirit spoke to Peter and said, this guy, he has pocketed one twenty. Ask him again. <laughs> he said, yeah, Ananias, I'm asking you again. Is that all? He said, oh, apostle, why do you want to disgrace me? That's all. He said, you, uh, it's not me you are lying to. It was just a, a small comment. It's not me you are lying to. It's just the Holy Ghost. When he heard it, his heart froze within him. The property was yours, as you wish. And after selling it, the money was also yours to give away. How could you do a thing like this? You weren't lying to us, but to God. Verse 5, the wife is coming. As soon as Ananias heard those words, he fell to the floor and died. Peter didn't kill him. His lies killed him. Everyone who heard it about it was terrified. Can you imagine we are collecting tithes, offerings? <laughs> let's say, let's say on the fourth that we receive the offering for the instruments. God has spoken to everybody about a specific amount to give. Then you come here. God said, bring $1,000. You brought a 
$200. And then I appear and I say, hey, listen, what did you draw? He said, uh, $200. He said, are you sure that's what God told you? He said, Pee. I said, are you sure? He said, yes. Then I said, you have not lied to God, you have lied to the Holy Ghost. Then all of a sudden, on the floor, he goes, this church will be empty. <laughs> I'm telling you, a lot of people, the Bible said they became terrified. 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 Now listen, one of the things I've seen that God doesn't joke with this money. In fact, it's not a joke. God does not joke with this money. God doesn't joke with this money. So don't joke with this money too. Look at verse 6. The same, the, then some young men got up, wrapped up in the sheet and took him out and buried him. Verse 7. And about three hours later, his wife came, not knowing what had happened. Verse 8. But Peter asked, was this the price you and your husband received for the land? Yes, she replied, that was the price. Don't worry, apostle, that was the price. Peter said, how could the two of you even think of conspiring to test the spirit of a law like this? The young men who buried your husband are just outside the door. And they will carry you too. <laughs> Praise God. Praise God. So what I'm saying is that God responds to our offerings. The same way Abraham took his son, offered him from his heart, God responded. He said, surely in blessing I'll bless thee. The same way God responds when we also disobey him. Number four, God rates our offerings. Somebody say, God rates our offerings. Say it, God rates our offerings. All offerings are not the same. In Mark chapter 12, verse 41 to 44, we are told, some people gave large amounts. Others gave very small amounts. And God said, the one who gave small, because compared to what he kept, was large. And said, this one has given much more than you all. God rates our offerings. God knows what, should, what, what an offering a student should give and what an offering a, a, a worker should give. God knows the offering he expects from an unemployed person and God knows the kind of offering he expects from a business owner. Can somebody give me an amen? amen. So when you don't honor him in that context, he comes after you. May you receive grace to obey God. Amen. I said may you receive grace to obey God. God also always rewards our offerings. Quickly. God rewards our offerings. God rewards our offerings. Number five, God rewards. He does not just rate it, he rewards it. May God reward all your investments. May God reward every seed you plant. In the mighty name of Jesus. When Abraham offered Isaac, he said, surely in blessing I will bless thee. When Mary Magdalene poured out the alabaster box, Jesus said, wherever the gospel shall be preached, what you have done will be said in memoria, in remembrance of you. When uh, uh, the early uh, the apostles, Philippian church brought the offerings to Paul. Paul said, my God shall supply all your needs according to his riches and glory. Turn to your neighbor and say, God always re re uh, re rewards our offerings. And let me close with this. Our offerings must not always be given. The offerings we give to God must not always be private. Turn to your neighbor and say, it must not always be private. It always be private. Say, it must not always be private. Always be private. In this church, we encourage, we encourage private giving, and it's good. And it's because 
I'm training and teaching you to grow and relate with God on another level. But sometimes, when somebody steps in and decides to go that way, sometimes, most of the generally every preacher who comes here is told that this is, we don't do that here. But where it is done, you need to understand that it's not necessarily wrong as it were. Praise God. There is one scripture that is wrongly misinterpreted and people use it across everywhere. Matthew chapter 6. That's the scripture people use. And they say, ah, how can they be telling some people to give this amount? Ah, what, I, what I'm giving there, it must be my, to my chest. You see, in the Old Testament, they have what, different kinds of offerings. When you go into the Leviticus, the book of Leviticus, they talk about offerings like heave offering. And then they talk about wave offering. Now, the heave offering was an offering that you gave in private. The wave offering was an offering you lifted like this. Everybody saw it. Everybody saw it. So we wave our offering. So if it is one Ghana, we see it. Ten Ghana, we see it. Here, the Bible says, watch out. Don't do your good deeds publicly to be admired by others. For you lose the reward from your father in heaven. Please get this context right. Verse 2, he says, when you give to someone in need. Did you see the, the context of the giving? Is it to God? Is it to God? Who are you giving to? Someone in need. Morris, come. If I gave Morris this tie, okay, and uh, he comes to church, he leads praise and worship, and is very powerful, and we close the service, and then uh, some of these ladies uh, in the choir are checking and say, ah, Morris, your tie is very nice. It's a very, very beautiful tie. Then I happen to be passing, and I say, ah, this tie, I gave it to him. I gave it to him last week Sunday. <laughs> <laughs> you see, that is the kind of thing God says we should not do. That is on another level. But sometimes you even do that publicly by be telling somebody. You see, ah, now and Morris Nasi Nasi You yourself, it's not that somebody, somebody. Ah, Minister Ray, now have you seen uh, Morris uh, today? I think he's looking. His shoe is very, very beautiful. He said, then he also talk about it. How is it? It's beautiful. It's very beautiful. Eh? You know, I bought it last week when I was coming. <laughs> <laughs> you see, that's what the Bible is saying. But when we are giving to God, we can give publicly. Now, there are records of people who gave to God in Scripture. Look at First Chronicles 29, 3 to 4. Now, because of my devotion, that I'm giving over all that, 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 that. Look at verse number four. He says, I'm donating more than 112 tons of gold. This is specific. How much he gave was given. 262 tons of refined silver, specifically. Now, come with me to 1 Kings chapter 3, verse 3. No, verse 4. Verse 4. 1 Kings. Three, four. Solomon went there and gave what? 1,000 burnt offerings. Did you see the figure there? Did you see it? 1,000 burnt offerings. Now let's see Art, and then we'll close. Art chapter 4. Art chapter 4, verse 34 and 35. Beautiful. Thank you, Holy Spirit. There were no needy people among them because those who own land and houses will sell them. Can you see that? People gave what? Lands. People gave houses. Receive grace to give a land out. Receive grace to give a house out. In the mighty name of Jesus. He's a 
And led them at the apostles' feet, and distribution was laid for all of them. And Joseph, verse 36, they were naming specific people. For instance, there was Joseph, one of the apostles, nicknamed Barnabas, which, was, which means son of encouragement. He was of the tribe of Levi and came from the island of Cyprus. Verse 37, he sowed a field and he brought the money to the apostles. Amen. So in scripture, this is, these are scriptural basis for giving. If you want to give biblically, that's where you start from. Our offerings don't always have to be private. So when an offering is called openly, you don't have to have a challenge to give. But it is more superior when the Holy Spirit, because sometimes even where an offering is being received publicly, somebody may be receiving an offering and says, I want maybe uh, 500 people or 100 people, each one to give me 1,000. And when you get up to join them, the Holy Spirit can tell you, when you go give 5,000. But you see, when that comes, somebody will still come, oh, uh, he, he asked for 1,000. Let me just drop the 1,000. That's where you know the difference between the one who is spiritual and the one who is showmanship. May the Lord give you understanding. May the Lord give you grace. May the Lord give you understanding. And may the Lord give you grace. Ask for the grace to be a liberal soul. 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 The grace for liberality. Open your mouth and pray. Is somebody praying for that grace? Somebody pray. Somebody pray. Somebody pray. Somebody pray. The grace for liberality. 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 In Jesus' precious name. In Jesus' precious name. In Jesus' precious name. By reason of the release of this liberal grace, no amount will be too much for you to give. In the mighty name of Jesus, the grace to give sacrificially receive it. In the name of Jesus, so it shall be in your life. Maybe you are here this morning. You want to say, Pastor, I want to give my life to God. I want to be born again. I want to become a brand new person. You are here like that. Lift up your hands. Let me pray with you. You want to be born again. You want to make Jesus your Lord and Savior. You've been playing church all this while. Today, you want to say, Pastor, I want to give my life to the Lord. I want to be born again. You are here. Don't pretend. God knows you. Lift up your hands. Let me pray with you. It can make a difference between eternity in hell and eternity in heaven. It can make a difference between a blessed life on earth and a life of struggle on the earth. You want to give your life to the Lord? Lift up your hands. Let me pray with you. We thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Brother, God bless you. God bless you for listening to the voice of the Holy Spirit. You are here like that. This is my final call. Lift up your hands. Let me pray with you. Say this after me, brother. God, Lord Jesus, I thank you for today. The privilege of hearing your word and the faith inspired in my heart to respond. Today, I confess that Jesus is Lord, that he was raised on the third day for my salvation. With my mouth, I confess. With my heart, I believe that Jesus is Lord. Thank you, Father, for saving me and making me your own. 
Lord, thank you for his salvation. Thank you, Lord, that he becomes rooted and established in you. I give you praise, glory, and honor in Jesus' precious name. Amen. Pastor Fakwa has just placed in your hands the key for all-round victory, success, and limitless prosperity. To get a copy of this message and other messages as well as books by Pastor Fakwa, please call 0540-122-670 or 0204-225-790 or email us at faithhousechapel at yahoo.com. Get interactive with Pastor Fakwa on Facebook and Twitter. You can also visit our website at www.faithhousechapel.com for any other information. Fellowship with us this and every Sunday for our two English services. 6.30 a.m. First service. 8.45 a.m. Second service. And on Wednesdays for our Word Encounter service at 6 o'clock p.m. At our church auditorium on the top floor of Nana Ama Ejakuma Plaza. Opposite the Unity Oil Station. Santasi Roundabout. Kumasi, Ghana. God richly bless you. Oh,